pelvic posse and welcome to the empower your pelvis podcast it's amanda and morgan we have helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues and it's totally our jam here you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health that is pee poop sex and everything in between you have a pelvic floor yes you we all do and it's time to start talking about issues that may arise but more importantly how to improve them we are so glad you are here to join us now let's head into this week's episode of the empower your pelvis podcast Hey guys, it's Amanda. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. This week, I was interviewed by Christina Paxson, who is postpartum dietitian on Instagram. We had a long discussion on postpartum recovery, what you can do during pregnancy for pelvic health to really help with that childbirthing experience and recovery um, to come, and then overall pelvic health in general of things, just questions that people had asked her on Instagram. So give this week's episode a listen and let us know what you think. Go ahead and get started. I see people jumping on. Hello. Um, so I'm going to just go ahead and introduce yourself, what you do and what you offer. Yeah. Um, I'm Amanda Fisher. I'm the owner of Empower Your Pelvis. We are a pelvic floor physical therapy clinic based out of Kansas City, Missouri. However, we have a whole online platform as well. So basically two different businesses, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then we have a podcast because we our mission within Empower Your Pelvis is to really normalize pelvic health. Um, I had pelvic floor dysfunction in my early 20s. So around the age of 21, I started running half marathons, like six or seven a year, which is crazy to begin with. Um, but I started peeing my pants and I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm hearing is like, you're not a true runner unless you pee your okay. pants. So this is all normal. Well, at the time I'm in physical therapy school and finding out like, oh, these muscles aren't supposed to be working this way. Like I'm actually supposed to be holding urine in and not, you know, having issues down there. So I started diving in a little bit deeper because at the same time I was peeing my pants, I also developed pain with sex. And again, as a 21 year old, newly married, like not something you really want to, you know, have be going on down there. And I couldn't get any answers besides, you know, drink a glass of wine, relax, everything will be just fine. And I was like, nothing's fine down here. Like this is causing, you know, friction between my husband and I, um, it's causing major confidence issues. I was feeling very frustrated with, um, not only my vagina, but the rest of, you know, the world, nobody was talking about it. This was like 2009-ish realm. Um, and Cosmopolitan Magazine was still talking about all the great things about sex, but wasn't tapping into the negative side of it. So I dove into specializing, found out it was within, I'm like, hey, I'm in PT school, physical therapy school, and this is a specialty. Why would I not go, go on Christmas breaks and spring breaks and learn about the pelvic floor? Selfishly, it was kind of for myself at the time. But then you realize like, oh, this lady who's coming in for knee issues, I bet her pelvic floor is involved. And you start realizing how the pelvic floor and your core are really the foundation to everything else that's moving. So um, yeah, that's a short little snippet um, of why I guess I'm in this field. I started Empower Your Pelvis. Oh goodness. Uh, right before we got pregnant with our third boy and quit my job. Two days later, found out I was pregnant. I was like, oh boy, we're going in this. We're going to go big. And I started out going into people's homes, 
treating pelvic floor um, after women had had children. And then soon moved just to save up some money to save for like a brick and mortar and then rented a closet at the PT clinic for a couple of years until we could get space and have more PTs to help more um, males and females. That's awesome. All right. Long introduction. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's, you know, a lot of us get into a certain area because we struggled ourselves, which is why I want to help postpartum moms as well. I feel like yeah. There's just a gap in healthcare where we don't, we just, we just need more. Yes. <laughs> Lots more support. Um, but I, I think this topic is so, so, is so important and health professionals as yourself, because I too myself struggled after the birth of my first similar ran a lot of marathons before, never had an issue and then had my son and dealt with a lot of pubic synthesis pain, like intense pain, couldn't get back to running, couldn't even get through my daily activities. And every time I go back to the doctor, it was, well, we can give you pain medication. You just had a baby, just give it time. After a year, I was like, okay, I, I can't just keep giving this time. Like this is not normal. It's been a year now. And so it took a year to get the diagnosis of osteitis pubis and finally get a referral to a pelvic floor therapist where I thought that's a thing. <laughs> if I had known this, maybe I would have advocated for a little bit more in the beginning so yeah it took a long time to kind of get back on track and it definitely was super helpful I am always telling moms like you need to get a referral you need to get a referral because I went through this and I didn't even know that it was a thing and, until a year after dealing with it so, which is yeah. so crazy because had you had knee pain or hip pain people don't just say like oh go home take some Tylenol let's give it a year to go away like we're like okay, there's something going on structurally between the muscles and the bones, maybe the ligaments as well, tendons, that we need to see, hey, let's go put the right puzzle pieces back together so that you can function well again. But then when it comes to the pelvis, after we have a baby, it's just like, oh, give it rest. This is all normal. It's not normal. Like this stuff needs to be rehabbed too. And I feel like that's that big gap. I feel like we're doing such a good job in these last couple of years of really advocating for that and educating women uh, because a lot of people still don't know that, you know, this can be improved. Like pubic synthesis is such a common dysfunction that pregnant and postpartum women have, but there's, it's such an easy fix too in our world because it's like, okay, there are a couple of things that we need to address. And if we can get those happy again, pain should lessen. And this guy doesn't like a lot of movement. So if there's a pool of an imbalance of maybe the inner thighs or the abdominal muscles are being stretched out, like it's going to let us know that it doesn't, it doesn't like the shift and we need to, you know, start to support it. And that's same thing with our knees and our hips and our shoulders, but it's the, the knowledge and education of things like this to really let women know like, Oh, I'm feeling this. If I'm feeling it for a couple of days, maybe I should tap into reaching out to somebody in that specialty so I don't have to live with this so long because if if mom ain't happy and functioning well family ain't happy and functioning well either it's kind of like that happy wife happy life thing yeah. like everything comes from you and your spirit and we've got to have you functioning well so then that the whole you know family follows suit yes I love that I totally agree um okay so that leads me to you know the some of the questions and I, so how do we, I guess, like, what are signs and symptoms? How do we know we need to seek a pelvic floor therapist? How should we, you know, advocate for a referral? Like, what are, how would we know that? 
Yeah. They're, the pelvic floor muscles, they attach at the base of the pelvis. So they go from the front of the pubic bone and up in the little bit of the abdominal cavity around to the back. And you can see back here, they're going to connect. So all this red stuff here is connecting to the tailbone region, SI region. Um, they connect around vaginal opening, up around, here's your urethra, your clitoris, and then the rectum and anal area. So their functionality, and you can see there's no bony landmarks through here. It's truly just like a hammock of muscles or um, a bowl of muscles, which I think is really structurally fascinating. These guys have to be very supportive. Their jobs are either to be sphincteric, to close off the openings, meaning I'm not going to pee my pants. I'm not going to have fecal smearing or a bowel movement. They know when to stop and not let that happen. So if we're having the opposite happen of peeing your pants, whether it's coughing, sneezing, laughing, having a child does not make that normal. Um, or if it's happening, we see this in kids too, like laughing is the giggling or are like cheerleaders and athletes kicking soccer balls, landing from gymnastic routines. If they're peeing their pants, something's not moving well here with the whole body. So that would be a cue of like, mm, I should probably go check out pelvic PT, see what's going on. Um, fecal smearing, tailbone pain, because they all attach back here. So if they're pulling and causing dysfunction or pain down here, tailbone, low back, because all of this, if this is tight and not functioning well, can pull there. Inside, we've got our nice little hip rotators. So I used to be a runner that had a lot of hip pain. And it wasn't until I got into pelvic floor therapy that I realized like, oh, my left hip pain is coming because I have a tight hip rotators on my left side. And that's causing as every time I'm running, I'm feeling like a pinch in my hip or in my front pelvic area coming from the pelvic floor. Um, pressure down here. Again, if you're feeling like what feels like a used tampon, we shouldn't be feeling that. If it's abnormal, let, make sure you're talking to someone about it. Um, these are sexual and function, this first layer here of this little triangle and figure eight muscles. There's three of them. They aid in sexual function. So if anything is uncomfortable with insertion um, in any position for penetration, that would be a time to go see pelvic floor therapy. Again, we have 28 different muscles down here, lots of room for compensation and error. And if we think about that, like anytime we have pain in the upper traps, like, and it's just not going away, we're going to go to chiropractic or PT for that. Same thing should be down here. Muscle cramps, muscle spasms. We really need to, you know, keep that in the back of our mind. Like, okay, this is, they're supposed to be keeping my pants dry, no pressure, no pain. If I'm having any of that, I probably need to seek some help. And that's just a quick overview. Awesome. No, I need 28 muscles. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And bladder function, bowel function, and then uterine function with like supportive of all three of those. Wow. That's incredible. Our uh, job yeah. So is there like a certain time, like, can you, like, if you're having, if you start these symptoms, like during pregnancy, should you wait until after baby comes or should you start during pregnancy? I'm a huge advocate. I, we call it prehabbing. I love seeing our patients during pregnancy because you have so many changes that are happening within your body, whether your feet are going more flat, we're decreasing arch support, we're changing the way the pelvis and um, the torso are working together and posture related. So our center of gravity is changing as our abdominal cavity is stretching. So you're getting like a lot of muscles to start compensating. 
in the low back due to lengthening of tissue. So we like to see our gals, it may not be weekly, you know, it may, it's probably going to be stretched out during pregnancy, but we want to start working on full body function and strengthening, basically. Like, you know, in the back of your mind, you have a marathon coming up and it's like, how do I want this marathon to go? Do I know at the end, I may end up with like a sprained ankle, which would be like a quick stretch to the pelvic floor muscles for delivery. Or I may end up with a like broken ankle, a really torn ankle where it might be like a grade four sprain, which would be like a complete, um, maybe it's a cesarean delivery. Maybe it's a grade three or grade four tearing. Like you've got to prepare. We all want to go into it being like natural birth. I'm invincible. I'm a badass. But deep down, no, like, okay, statistically, 33% of women end up with a C-section. So what's my plan if we happen to go down that? I want to be nice and strong over my body because I'm going to be bedridden, you know, at home, not doing a whole lot for the first six to eight weeks after a major cesarean. So I'm going to make sure my body's nice and strong going into that. Or same thing with that grade three and grade four tear. I would look at that the same way as a cesarean. Like I am prepping so that when I'm carrying this baby around 23 of my 24 hours a day after birth for the first five, you know, weeks or six weeks, like that's like carrying a kettlebell, right? So you may end up with a six to 10 pound kettlebell after childbirth. You've just popped your balloon that was, you know, stuck out here. So you've lost your core support. It's not talking. You want to make sure that your glutes are still nice and strong to help out that you've been working the abdominal region with, you know, safe pregnancy exercises. Your shoulders are nice and strong because we go into this type of posture again, like 23 hours a day. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you're here a lot, whether you're carrying or feeding baby. So you really want to make sure everything's working well for you, prepping you for that event. And again, marathon is the small piece. It's like what's happening after the marathon, that fourth trimester that we are really prepping for. And again, some people are invincible. We hear fabulous birth stories, but we also get the worst where we're like the patients that we have seen in the clinic during pregnancy come back around like two to four weeks postpartum. Their system is on it, sister, because they have been prepping it for weeks up to this event. However, if we see patients come in at that two to four week mark, but we haven't seen them during pregnancy, it is like hello, hello, I need you off of vacation. It's time to come back and work. It takes a little bit longer to get those muscles working again. It's not bad. It's never too late to come in and get improve your tissue. But we do see a huge improvement of those patients that are coming in during pregnancy. Yeah, that was a question that I had. So it's not really ever too late. Like if you're ever having issues. Never too late because they're these, these are muscles. Your body is very good at adapting and changing. Very good. The brain connection, uh, it may take a little bit of time. I do tell patients, like, if this has been going on for 25 years, yes, it's going to take a little bit more than two weeks to get you back on track. However, we want to be tapping in that tissue more. So that's where we're really good at helping coach our patients through that. So we don't need to see them multiple times a week. It may be once a week, once every two, three, four weeks, depending on what's going on, but never too late. But my job is if we're going to be working together in distance, I want you staying on top of it so that we can see change together because that's when the cool stuff really happens. And then we can, you know, help you out through your lifespan because things are always shifting down here throughout a female's lifespan, whether it's pre-adolescence or pregnancy, postpartum, menopause, like 
things are always shifting and going into like we've got a lot of type a and type b personalities down here <laughs> on track yes yeah that makes a lot of sense because i even notice in there like around there at certain times of the month i'll notice things are different throughout the month yep so interesting um so with my experience the they first they initially sent me to a physical therapist and basically told me that i was I needed to lose weight, but I was just heavier now. And um, gave me like a PT or a pelvic floor PT. It was just a PT, just a regular PT first. So my question is, like, what should be? Is there like any sort of title or certification we should look for? Because yeah, originally I went to a physical therapist, and then I was referred to a specialist. So I guess clearing that up, what yeah. kind of certification that is? We get that a lot because um, people do hear physical therapy, so they call their like physical therapy ortho clinic that they see driving you know, across town. And what I would call and ask is, hey, do you guys have a pelvic floor physical therapist? That'd be my first question. Second question, I am an internal pelvic floor PT. I personally think they should be asking the question is, is your pelvic floor therapist an internal therapist? Because there's a lot of assumptions we can make just treating externally. But again, 28 different muscles down here and then vaginal births or any kind of, um, oh goodness, abdominal surgeries. Like we want to know what's going on with the scar tissue too. So we may be treating you internally vaginally. We may be treating you internally rectally, especially with any of our tailbone issues um, or bowel issues like constipation or, or loosey-goosey stools. So I would definitely ask making sure that they are an internal. If you, we used to have certifications, like my bio on our website used to be all the certifications and I realized only a pelvic PT knows what the certifications are so it would be um, just make sure that they have it or at least an internal therapist maybe ask how long they've been treating for um, or who if they've been mentored by somebody but the certifications are kind of they're different within different um, platforms I guess is what you can say. but internal is huge compared to non-internal um, some therapists use devices called biofeedback or electrical stimulation. I'm not a fan of that. Our clinic doesn't really do um, use those techniques. I would rather get my hand inside and feel what's going on with the tissue versus inserting, you know, um, oh goodness, a little, I'm losing my train of thought, but a little stem unit that you can insert in and kind of read what the muscle tissue is doing. I've never really trusted that compared to my hands-on experience. So I would ask that too, because we get patients that come in. All we did was the stim unit or all we did was the shock therapy. And I'm like, that is terrifying. So I wouldn't, I know like I've had to experience it because that's what we went through with our training, but I just would rather get my hands on somebody manually and see what's going on and fix it. Yeah, I, so I was referred to a public floor therapist, but they did not do an internal exam or any oh, internal so that's good. That's great to know. It's something that I didn't think to ask either. Um, Where, Christina. Sorry, say that again. Where do you live at? Um, this was in Southern California. Oh. And I know, I'm sure there's a whole bunch out there. Yeah. But now I'm in Northern Arizona. Okay. So that leads me to how do we find a public floor therapist in our area? It's a great question too. So first, there, um, a 
lot of therapists that are within, there's an APTA organization, American Physical Therapy Association. You can go in there and look up pelvic floor PTs, but a lot of us who are own our own business, um, we, none of us have kept up with that. So you wouldn't find us on there. Um, Herman and Wallace is another website that you can go on to find a provider. That's who we took. Majority of our therapists took our certification through Herman and Wallace. Pelvic Guru is another of my favorite by Tracy Shear um, that you can look on there as well. And then honestly, I would start with, you know, Google. Google for us, it would be Pelvic Floor Therapy Kansas City. See what pops up. Then of those, you know, I don't know, five people that pop up, check them out on pelvicguru.com. Are they on there? Have they done the internal stuff? Check them out on Herman and Wallace. Are they part of their certifications? So you can go through there, but then read the reviews too. And there should be, you can, not everybody posts a positive review. There are a lot of negative ones out there too, but that'll kind of give you a vibe of the clinic. Yeah, that's awesome. And then- Nowadays, you can stalk. So stalk them on Instagram, check them out, you know, that's what, you know, see what their clinic's all about. We get a lot of people, I would say weekly right now that come in and we're like, oh, how'd you find us? And they're like, social media, all over Instagram, the reels pop up. And I'm like, oh boy, like that's not happening in here while you're a patient. So it's a little bit different idea. Yeah, you're, you, you guys make amazing reels. Like, they're, oh, fun. Thank you. Like they're so educational. <laughs> thank you. I'm so learning from them. They're a ton of fun. Yeah. So that's great to know. I'm going to put um, those resources up for anyone who is interested too. So what, is there any, like, anything we can do to prevent problems, you know, during pregnancy, before pregnancy, like, what is the like prevention that we should be doing? I personally think we do so much of our day facing forward, whether we are sitting in a tucked position, riding in a car, sitting to eat dinner, um, sitting to play with our kids, read them books that we've got to, we're not just a this way type of individual. Our muscles, especially in the pelvis are kind of like the shoulder. They should move in all different directions. They're a ball and socket can be complete, I'm sorry, working with the pelvic floor. So making sure we keep mobility, meaning maybe we're doing more of a quick stretch routine, more dynamic, flowing through, making sure we're going side to side, front to back, really opening up the pelvis. So deep squatting more versus just hinging and being very efficient and quick to pick up toys off the floor. Get into that deep squat, make that pelvic floor lengthen, exhale as you get up. Um, belly breathing. We again can be so fast paced during our day that we forget to take the time. Number one, breathing lengthens the pelvic floor muscles, which people will typically ask. I thought I wanted a tight pelvic floor. We don't want a tight pelvic floor. We want a pelvic floor that works through a full range of motion, just like any other muscle in the body. So breathing allows the pelvic floor to you breathe in, it stretches out, you blow out it recoils back, which is what we want. We want things moving through full range. Rally breathing, deep squatting, um, changing up the positions that you are in during the day. I just posted one yesterday, like instead of sitting crisscross applesauce, try sitting hip 90-90, where you have one leg in the front, one leg in the back, because that can really change the position of the pelvic floor and your hips. But you really want to be doing more than the same thing every day. 
the body likes change and it wants to be able to move everything. And again, great at adapting. So just even if you're like 30, excuse me, six weeks pregnant, start, start it now. It would be perfectly fine to do that. Start connecting the brain in different motions. And we want that, especially if you're going to birth out a baby, we want it mobile in all areas of that pelvis and the hips. Breathing and mobilization, like make sure you're moving. Yes, I love that. Um, things that I advocate for my moms too, just getting movement <laughs> in different ways all the time, keeping your body balanced. Um, so if we do see a pelvic floor therapist, what can we expect at, you know, the first appointment be yeah. internal as well? Yes. Um, so nothing's TMI. We want you coming in with everything that you've experienced in your life, right? So I have a history of constipation. I've had trouble inserting a tampon. Um, I've had pain with intercourse. I, um, I queef during yoga, you know, stuff like that. Nothing is off the playing field. And then, so we're going to talk about that history. Then we're going to see you move. We want you to stand up. We're going to ask you to bend over. We're going to see what it looks like to squat, what your balance looks like. Um, we are not just two-legged individuals. Everything's pretty much a single leg activity, like walking, going upstairs, running. So we may ask you to do something single-legged as well, because that gives us an idea of how your core and pelvic floor are working. Then we uh, will follow it up. We'll, or we may check your abdominal tissue and see abdominal scars from laparoscopies with endometriosis, um, appendectomies, and um, I, I like to check tissue tightness in the abdominal cavity because that gives us an idea of um, bowel function, how well you're breathing. We'll check to see are you breathing into your abdominal cavity and in your pelvic floor, or is it staying more upper chested? Then we'll typically ask you, you know, do you need to use the restroom? We're going to do an internal exam, similar to a gynecological exam, except we don't have stirrups and we're checking muscle tissue. So I'm not diving in deep to see your cervix. I don't need to know what's going on there. We're not going to use a speculum. We use one gloved finger that we're inserting in. And I typically, there's three layers here. So I like to walk my patients through like, okay, this is going to be layer one. You need to talk to me if you're having any discomfort or pain. I can't feel that. I can feel what the muscle tissue is doing. So we can feel if it feels healthy, if it's getting adequate blood flow and um, mobility down there. We can see, is it tight? And I like to tell my patients that too, like the whole arm analogy, probably because I've got a hand inside. This is just really easy for me to be like, your tissue right here, you know, is caught at like 50%. We want it to move through a full range. But when I ask you to contract, it might go here and come back here. But we need the elevator to come all the way back down. So we work on that mobility. A lot of people hold tissue tight down there or hold it into more of a, you know, a contracted arm. You know, if I was walking around with contracted arms all day or dinosaur arm, someone would tell me like, I need to relax. That's what we need to do down here. When we're holding on to emotions, tissue tends to tighten up down there. And emotions could be just like, hey, it could be, I watched the news and something was negative. It could be holding on to a traumatic birth experience down there that I need to kind of work through maybe with a therapist or journaling or um, with all of us together as a team. And that can start to lessen and then help us improve our dysfunction down there. Um, so sometimes we have how people process emotions. Sometimes we have tears in the clinic. 
it's not uncommon if people pass gas or pass stool or leak on the table. None of that is uncommon. Um, it happens weekly. We treat patients when they're on their cycles. So if you come in and you're on your menstrual cycle, ain't no shame in that game, girl. We get people, 25% of our caseload is on their period each week. And we're looking at muscle tissue, not you know, physically, but I'm feeling for the tissue to see how is the mobility. And at nine times out of 10, when people are coming in on their cycles, they feel better when they leave because we're helping those cramps down there, which, you know, can be happening from the muscles to lessen so that you're leaving and feeling a lot better too. But that's a big overview. Um, we also don't care what this is, you know, what's going on down here. If you shaved, if you showered, we don't care. <laughs> Again, just come on in. We would rather see what's going on with the tissue. I don't care if you shaved your legs or painted your toes either, because people will say that all the time. Like, I didn't, I didn't paint my toes for you. I was like, oh, sister, I didn't know we were on that. <laughs> like, we're good. Awesome. That's that. That's so good to know, because yeah, I imagine you know it could be a little, little awkward in the beginning. <laughs> you can tell who's had children and who hasn't. Like, that plays into it too because some of them you're like okay I'm gonna step out I'm gonna let you change go and lay down on the table and they're already like halfway undressed and you're like oh okay it's we're good <laughs> like oh no three babies I'm good I'm gonna lay down like okay yeah totally that yeah um so what resources are out there for moms um I know you have some programs um and whatnot so can you talk a little bit about that Yes. Um, so we have our body after birth program. It's a 12 week video series that takes week by week. Um, I like to tell patients they can start it out at two weeks postpartum, depending on, you know, if they've vaginally torn two weeks is a good spot because again, we're building up foundation because you'll hear like, don't do anything for six weeks. And that's like exercise, but women are typically out walking before that six week mark or checkup with their patient or with their providers. So what we want to do is really remind the tissue how to build up pelvic floor and diaphragm with the core as we're out moving um, outside, pushing the stroller or doing household activities. If we're not firing that tissue for those six weeks postpartum, a lot of stuff can start to go imbalanced. We can start creating pressure down there where women are then ending up with prolapse symptoms, that feeling of having that uterus down there. Um, so the body after birth program, 12 weeks set in stone. The first six weeks are pretty slow if in, for being somebody who's like six weeks, I want to go run. I want to get back to lifting. Like you got to take the time to really build it up and curate that solid foundation. And then it'll start to add in some more functional movements, but it's going to have the mobility side of it too. Stretching, pelvic floor, pelvic floor and core. Um, we have a bowel program on our um, website called Empower Your Pelvis. So it's all for constipated patients, four-week program. A lot of our programs are four weeks besides the body after birth. Um, we've got one for Empowered in the Bedroom, uh, which is for pain with intercourse, the problem with orgasming. We also have a series off of that where we started doing challenges, which is basically five weeks of content in five days. And those have been really fun lately. Um, and we have those for prenatal, postpartum, cesarean moms, which are my bread and butter because I'm a C-section mom. So I feel like there's not only a disconnect for postpartum women, but also a huge disconnect for C-section moms. And um, we lead them through that. And then after that, I 
stay on board and do um, like an eight-week core C-section program with them five days a week. And it's awesome. So we've got a lot on there. Uh, people are more than welcome to send messages if they have any questions about any of them. And we have an upcoming diastasis recti one next week, which will be that's awesome. I, I love your approach because it's similar to, I feel like what I do, like really looking for the root cause. Um, because even, you know, when I deal with gut health issues, a lot of times I pelvic floor is involved. Like if there is constipation or these stools, like you were mentioning. So I love that you're treating everybody like as a whole. And that's so important. So that's amazing. Um, is there, so is it just only moms that should see a pelvic floor, like women and moms that should see pelvic floor therapists or? No, everyone has a pelvic floor, male and female. And a lot of times like we've been marketing out to urology, but it, it's not getting there until like their spouse. Like I feel like a, a female is such a good marketer because if they come into a pelvic floor, then they're like, oh, my husband, it takes him like 10 hours you know you're like I would probably to come in here in case he's dealing with hemorrhoids or something and then you find out like oh yeah he's having some other issues and they'll send partner in right after that and so it becomes like a family affair it's kind of nice but kids if they're dealing with constipation issues or the leaking like the giggle incontinence when they're laughing they're definitely um, great patients because, um, it, again, it can be a muscle issue where we can work anxiety and learning to let go of those public. And is we treat, teach them for slips, which your mouth and your pelvic floor are were connected in utero at like eight weeks of gestation, they split. So a lot of that's going on with the jaw can affect the pelvic floor. So. If the kids maybe have a little bit more anxiety or they're dealing with like clenching the jaw, grinding their teeth at night, before they go to bed, we can teach them to practice horse lips, which is just relaxing the jaw. So it's, and anybody who's watching, try this because you should feel like your pelvic floor and lower abdomen really release and let go. So give that a try afterwards, but I'm good one little exercise that they can add in to the kids and starting to get them maybe decreasing in bed wetting or to help with their constipation. Um, but no, really everyone has a pelvic floor. It's just kind of paying attention to what symptoms they have going on and then reminding, remembering like, okay, they, a pelvic floor PT could help with this. Oh my gosh. That's, that's a lot, <laughs> but, um, is there any Anything else that, you know, moms should know or think about um, that you want to add? <laughs> like, move your body, even if you're not feeling well during pregnancy, um, and you've got the morning sickness, or if yours is lasting all nine months, you will feel a little bit better after you get up and move. Even if it's just, you know, a 10, 15, 20-minute walk, that is so good for the pelvic floor, so good for your baby to move that blood flow through. Um, postpartum, same thing. We want the walking to help build up that endurance, but also the stretching. So not, there's so much research that has come out in the last year too, that is really looking at like when we jump back into something at that six weeks postpartum to 12 weeks postpartum, that's high intensity our chances for prolapse or pelvic floor dysfunction really skyrocket. So we've got to be mindful on how that tissue is moving 
how supportive it is, how strong it is, so that we can then prepare ourselves because hormones are still, you know, in that whether we're breastfeeding or not at that time frame. And we've got to really think how can we be supportive enough to support our body one year postpartum, two years postpartum, and then as we're going into more pregnancies down the road, um, getting our body to function well again and retrain is huge. Again, think about it any other body we would do it for our shoulder we would do it for our knee our foot let's do it for our pelvic floor and vagina too because they deserve it yeah totally agree <laughs> it's definitely overlooked and I know um, I even took a pelvic floor class when my first pregnancy they offered this class but it was there was some breathing in there but a lot of it was focused on kegels so is that still a thing or <laughs> Oh boy. Um, it's a great question. Kegels is how, when I came out, that's what it was. Everybody needs to heal, 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 heal. Well, the Kegel is really just the contraction of the pelvic floor. So it's that pickup, it's that suck in, it's the lift. But what we were finding is a lot of our women are already coming in stuck here in the Kegel hold. So we've got to reverse it. So I always like every single patient, it's kind of my little research project. I always ask during the internal, like, okay, go ahead and squeeze as if you're going to stop the flow of urine. Nine times out of 10, people aren't using the muscles correctly. And so they pick it up, they put it back down. And I, then I reframe it because again, mouth and pelvic floor are connected. Go ahead and pick up the muscle tissue as if you were sucking up a smoothie through a straw down there or picking up a blueberry with your vagina. Beautiful things happen there because then everything comes together like you're sucking up a straw, right? Comes up and comes in. That's what we want. And then I don't want it to stay here. Now go ahead and put that blueberry all the way back down like an elevator going all the way back down to the lobby because nobody stays up on like the fourth floor of a hotel. Everyone who wants to leave and go explain, um, go tour, right? So we need everything to come back down. So we go through that and usually by the third or fifth rep, patients are like, ah, that's how it's supposed to work. And you're like, yes. And you, if they're stuck in this tightness, which would be that Kegel, again, a lot of dysfunction can happen here because we're only working through a small range of motion. We need full range of motion. We need that full pelvic floor working so it can do what it's supposed to do. When it's here, that's when we, it's not going to be able to squeeze anymore to stop the leakage. It's not going to be able to hold anything up. It's going to, you're going to pass more gas or have bowel issues because it's fatiguing out and we've got to use that full range. So Kegel, great question. Everybody wants to do Kegels, not the best option, learning to move it through a full range of motion, but then also learning like what are the best friends that work with the pelvic floor, which would be like lower abs, your transverse abdominis, which runs here and your booty. Those guys work hand in hand with that pelvic floor. So if you can help support them by getting more junk in the trunk, well, then we need to do that to help support that pelvic floor. Awesome. Yes, that's, that's, um, and that's what I was told initially. Laying down, when are you laying down as a mom? You're not, right? Like you're moving through so many different positions. You don't unload a dishwasher here. You don't change a diaper here. So we've got to get you in the positions that are causing the issues when you're at home with your family. And if it's like bending over to stop your toddler from running out into the street, well then yeah, we're going to practice that in the clinic. We do a lot of full functional movement. We do the internal to just make sure that they're behaving, but we don't spend a lot of time there. Then I want you moving through exercises and 
yeah, we'll keep it at that. Got it. Awesome. Well, this has been such an, like, just so much amazing information. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, if we can't find somebody in our area, say we're just, you know, in a rural area, is it still helpful to see somebody virtually? Absolutely. I do. I think even just talking out your story and getting a good sense of, um, like, for instance, I had a virtual, not even virtual, it was a phone call console yesterday. We just kind of needed some clarification on what was going on postpartum. She's five days postpartum. Like, okay, so I want you walking this amount. She's like, well, I actually I'm walking way more than that. Okay, well, let's, are you having like pain, pressure, bleeding, leakage? And she's like, oh yeah, I am. Okay, that's a sign that we're doing too much. So then we set up a um, virtual consult to go a little bit more into her story, but just to under, and that's what she was like, there's just not a lot out there to let me know what I should and shouldn't be doing. And that's what we're here for. We want to help you realize like, this is an injury. These are the steps to get it back. And like her goal is like heavy lifting again. And I'm like, sister, if we're pushing it this far right now, we're not going to be lifting by 12 weeks because right now we're starting to go down that downhill. Not bad right now, still fixable, but we just need to modify some things and then press on. So virtual, I think was great, um, especially if you're like two hours away from a public floor PT. We do have patients that will travel in on like a weekend, like maybe we'll see them on a Friday. They might stay in Kansas City with their family for the weekend. We might see them again on Monday and then they may go back and then they may come back like within four to six weeks. So we'll send them home with a plan. We might check in virtually between that time. Um, so that's always helpful too. If you do know there's someone within driving distance, but it may take a little mini vacation, um, that's always a possibility. Or sleep on someone's couch, you know, find friends and family that are out there. That's like great to know, great to know. Um, such great information. Thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. I just I've learned so much myself. Ah. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, having this on. Yeah, so people can find you at Empower Your Pelvis. Yep. Empower and um, um, we have some of our programs on our online tab there. Other ones are like our challenges are just kind of, they happen once a quarter. So if people have questions about them, they can always send us a direct message on Instagram. Um, and then here at empower.your.pelvis is our Instagram. We're on here daily. Every Wednesday is our wellness Wednesday. So you can ask any questions you have. And then we go back through and answer so many on Wednesday, but then throughout the week as well. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and I will get some of those resources that you mentioned out to my mamas. And um, yes, I have had just such a blast learning so much from you today. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. You too, hon. Bye. Bye. Pelvic Posse, we want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can we ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you will continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review? Tell them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health. And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all of our visual learners out there. 
We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to watch. Thanks so much again, and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace out, Pelvic Posse.